Um, I do. I'm trying to see if I can memorize them. Do y'all have any, any big, um, any like big accomplishments that you had following a breakup yourselves? Like one moment where it was like, oh, and this so, is so I mean, good. For me, in certain ways, a, a relationship I was with kind of led me to getting back into DJing more, more uh, seriously than I did. Um, it was sort of. You know, I I, I gone through a relationship that it was like an on and off sort of weird relationship. Oh, fuck gray area. Yeah, Puerto Rican woman. <laughs> Love y'all, but goddamn. Shots fired. I was raised I by two ready. strong, I even, beautiful is, like, Puerto Rican women. I wasn't women, even ready. Like, God at damn. least let me That's put my bulletproof vest on. <laughs> damn. Puerto Rican woman. I mean, I'm Dominican, and I'm Puerto Rican, but I wasn't even ready for all that, man. I gotta get my vest on. Let me get my vest before you start throwing those but that's shots. That's all I say. That's all I say about that. Um, but yeah, no, you know, it was it was something that it was almost like therapy for me, right? So, a good friend of mine was was DJing, whatever. And I would go and support him, whatever. I had DJ when I was in high school, but then it really like I don't, it was whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, he was like, yo, you know, you got you still got all your records, whatever, whatever. You want to just come and play at an event or whatever? Like, all right, cool, whatever. Nothing big, anything, anything of it. But it became sort of therapy for me, right? Going through the music and sort of, it brought me back to one of my first loves, which was music. And um, it definitely helped me get through that that breakup and what have you. And it led me to continue DJing. Hey. There you go. Right. We're putting on salsa music because you're not going to throw shots at my people without me coming back. Not all my people, half of them. Look, uh, you're not going to talk shit about my women, my Puerto Rican, beautiful, beautiful. I I wish they knew how beautiful they were sometimes, women. Totally agree. Motherfucking Caribbean women. Y'all can't live without us. I agree. Shit. I, like I said, I was raised by two strong Puerto Rican women from the island. So trust right. me, I'm, I'm all about my, my Puerto Rican women. And my daughter, her nickname is Lolita. Wow. From Lolita hell, Lebron, yeah. So hell yeah. I'm with all that. No, um, I, I, I just talk my shit. But, but you know what? Love. Really quick, though, on the subject, because we are a, um, a podcast of, of mostly Latinos, right? We've been trying to keep it, you know, for a little bit. But. Um, I think it's very important for us to see how beautiful we are as a Caribbean people. I'm not suggesting in any way, shape, or form, like on some Hitler shit, that like we're the greatest race on the planet. But I'm very proud, and I wouldn't want to be anything else on the planet but Caribbean, specifically Caribbean. Yes, being Latino is fire. Being Caribbean, all of our history, mm-hmm. how much people make us feel bad because we're black, because we're Indian, because we're Spaniard, because of all these. Look, at the end of the day, we are a beautiful, beautiful, worthy people, women, Absolutely. men alike. And mm-hmm. I think that it's funny. I just went through something recently where I'm not even allowed to be 100%. I've been dealing with like self-worth issues because of being a person of color and and dealing with like feeling less. And if you look at our history, like all of our history from any Caribbean, any Caribbean specifically, because if you guys understand the slave trade, I'm not talking about you guys, I'm talking about the audience, general audience. If you understand the slave trade, you understand that like it was, you know, rancid with slavery. So we have for centuries and generations felt like we were an unworthy people so i see it in my parents i see it in my grandparents where they fought to get to every single thing and yesterday i'm not even gonna lie to you i got in the car with my dad and i just broke down i was like i'm tired i'm tired of fighting i'm tired of people making me feel like i'm less i'm tired of me feeling like i'm less because i'm i was raised with like this slave mentality almost of like don't ask for too much but you know sit there stay quiet you're just lucky to be in the room and i'm like no 
I'm fucking smarter than this person. Yeah. And I'm flyer. And I know, I know, and I, what I mean by flyer is you have to understand I, I don't do great things for a living. I'm not a fucking mathematician. I'm not a scientist. I'm not whatever, but I do design and I do style. And that's what I fucking do for a living. My eye is what makes me money. So if I know I'm fly and I know how to do what I do, you know, like I'm not going to feel less than like the, Becky, you know, nothing against right. Becky, but I'm not going to feel less than because we've done that for generations. Absolutely. So Caribbean people, like this is my outcry for us, you know, doing Cafe Fuerte. It is so important to me that we understand our worth and how beautiful we are as a people. So, yes, one we will make problem. jokes about each other. We'll talk shit about Dominican <laughs> men. We'll talk shit about Puerto Rican women. We'll do all that. But I you know what? I love, I love, I love, like, even Dominican men, even with whatever kind of <laughs> stigmas. I lo- Look, I was with, I was, I've been in too many relationships with Dominican men, and I love them still, you know? So it's like, you know... Not like that, y'all are dub. But in, in in my heart, like you know, as a, as human beings, I still love them, and you know, so it's it's just so important for us to to I have mean, value. Not to cut you off, but I mean, I mean, even even within that, like you know, I do a party called Party Called Rosie Perez. We're honoring to me one of the most iconic individuals of our culture, right? So sure. I think we do. I agree. Like I think we definitely have to sort of take pride in all the stuff we have done because I think that gets lost in sort of the conversation. I mean, when you look at, I mean, speaking about music, I mean, that's something that I'm super passionate about. And when, you, when, you, when these conversations are had about different genres and different things from salsa to hip hop to, to everything else that's happened in the last 20th century, Puerto Ricans in particular have been involved in all that shit, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. But we always get Absolutely. left out of conversation, not because we weren't there, but because we allow ourselves to be left out of right. the conversation, right? right. So. Right. I'm always to a fault. The most, the most that everybody knows is right. J Lo and, right. and Big Pun, but there's right. so many others. Right. Like, no, I, and, and and I think it's our responsibility as people with a platform to make sure that we're not left out of that conversation. Absolutely. And Amy always asks the question, and she just asks us this question, which is, "What's the greatest thing you ever accomplished after a breakup?" And I had to really think because I haven't accomplished something really great after a breakup, but I think the greatest thing that I've accomplished in you know in partnership with Amy is Cafe Fuerte because this is this was born from um, a relationship, and I get embarrassed when she asks because I'm like, "I didn't accomplish, I haven't accomplished anything," but I'm sitting around here, and there are women that you know DM us and women that comment us all the time about how amazing and men I get men like what episode should I listen to or like you know I listen to this thing and I, I love listening to your achievement like it's fire so this is the greatest thing I think that we that me personally I've accomplished outside of or after a relationship there was a time where I was sitting in Chicago you know in the relationship that made me want to start Cafe Fuerte and I was praying for women like Amy to come around and having like a community of pe- of women that I trust that I yes and, and it's me. you're so good to me but it you know like and it goes back to what we said about what we like about each other what i really liked about amy i met amy we a few we, <laughs> we did say what we didn't we say we were gonna like what we like about each other I, i'll say what i like about you too even though i just met christian um i what i like about amy is that from the day that i met amy amy asked me to do a gallery with her a few years back and I remember we were setting up one night. It was just me and her. And we were just kicking it. And I thought it was going to be awkward because I didn't really know her like that. We were in this. That shit was fire. Now that I think about it, like, it was an abandoned bodega. It was very, it wasn't even well. Right. Jill Scott Harry, right, on the side. Like, the shit was like, uh, 
emptied out, right. hollow ass fucking, but it still had like the deli, it right, still right. smelled like it, it had the wood paneling, wow. but it was like the lighting was really dim. All right. we had was like the lights from the window. Wow. You were sitting up on the like, on the, on the ledge, I was sitting on a milk crate and we talked for, we talked longer than we installed. I think right. we installed for like 20 minutes and like right. talked for an hour. Wow. And that was, I thought it was going to be awkward because I didn't know her. And like one thing that, but one thing that that really stuck out to me that I'll never forget about that night is I'm sitting up on this ledge. I'm listening to Amy talk and she's like, um, yeah, like, you know, her boyfriend at the time thought that she was crazy because she put up all her money for this. She put up her own money. And I was like, damn, I respect this bitch. And she's Dominican. Like, I respect the shit out of her. Like, she's doing it for herself. And, like, here I am, like, this Puerto Rican girl with, like, this fine jewelry line. And I'm stressed out about, like, how I'm going to do it. And I'm seeing this girl put together a gallery out her pocket. And I was just so, like, impressed by her as a person. And then from there, I was like, this is somebody I, I think I could rock with. Because, you know, girls, like, we got to, like, feel each other out for a while. So I was like, I think this is somebody that I could rock with. But, like, when I was in Chicago, I was thinking a lot about, like, what kind of women I would want to be around because I was, I grew up around a lot of boys. And I was like, I just need feminine energy around me. Don't get me wrong, I'm not a lesbian. I've said it on this podcast before. I'll say it again. I love men. I love the living, breathing, real thing. No, I don't do dildos. No, I don't do any of that. I like to have real men in my life. But, you know, like, whatever. I, it was just so, like, when I got back to New York, Actually, when I was in Chicago, I remember being at my desk. I, had, I didn't even move into my ex's second apartment. We were still in our first apartment. And I remember thinking to myself, I was like scrolling through Instagram. I was trying to like finish styling somebody for something. And I'm at my desk and I scroll past something that Amy had posted. And I was like, she was who I would want to do it with. And I, again, life has to bring you to a point where you're ready. I moved to the South Side, moved back home. I was happy and I was like, just getting out this relationship and literally it was in this apartment that I was like let me hit up Amy because I'm so frustrated I'm so uncomfortable I'm googling trying to figure out what to do out of, the, out of this relationship I can't call my tia I can't call my grandma I can't tell them what I went through I, I've googled I've googled the dumbest shit so I was trying to google about relationship advice and all that shit was a dub try to listen to white girl podcasts and I was like you don't get it like you don't understand where I come from and so starting this was like the best one I think what I love about Amy is that when she wants something she's gonna go get it and she's gonna figure that shit out that's my favorite thing about Amy and what I love about Chris is that even though I just met him it feels like we're cousins like he's oh, just he like even just like going back and forth and being able to have conversations about our country and about like ha- you having that knowledge as a Puerto Rican man. And a lot of men, they can rep and, and wear the bandera and go crazy and all that shit. But it's just like, do you know anything about your history? Do you know anything about what the United States really did to us? You know, and I, I respect that about Chris. So that's, that's what I like about the both of you. Damn, I wasn't expecting that. It's like love on top of love. We got a full moon going on, you know. <laughs> you know, but uh, thank you, boo. I, that means a lot to me. Um, I will get into, obviously, well, now it's a trend, so we're going to have to do it. We're not going to just have Nick you fluff us. I did? Mm-hmm. Oh, all right. Okay. Was it more? Go continue, though. I mean, it makes, I mean of it makes course sense. there's more. Of course there's more. This is not a waste of time, bitch. If you're here by now, it's because you want to be. This is that. This is well over an hour. Um, oh, shit. My biggest accomplishment following a breakup. 
I, I mean, I said it on the first fucking podcast. I fall in love all the time. It's it's in my blood. I'm going to fall in love. So all my breakups hurt just as much as the last. Um, so I don't even know if it's if it's something that I want to point out specific. Like there's no one event or anything that I've accomplished that's made me feel like oh this is it. It kind of always happens. Um, which goes to say, nah, clearly I've been through a lot of relationships. Um, but I think my, my biggest accomplishments following a heartbreak is just like not completely losing myself. Like not losing the hunger to want to go for that. Because a lot of, as much as, like don't get me wrong, I've, I've you know, men have been such a big part or had a big impact in, you know, ultimately what I've done and you know, some of them didn't really believe in the visions that I've had. You know what I'm saying? Like, the one from, you know, seven years ago was like, get the fuck out of here. He's probably, like, rolling his eyes till his contacts pop out right now at me. At this Amy, you know what I'm saying? This Amy that I wanted to be back then. Um, so I think my biggest accomplishment is to just keep being me and really keep embracing this woman that's always been there that has taken a very long time to own. You know what I'm saying? Um, and then everything else that comes out of that is just a manifestation of that. So I'm grateful for everything. I'm grateful for Cafe Fuerte. I'm grateful for me being able to share my bird self, you know? Because it's like there's so many layers to us. You know what I'm saying? I, I have so many sides, but I am such a bird. Mind you, when I met Amy, she was working at this classy-ass gallery in Soho, and she was like... So cute, but then like I'm getting to know her, and she's like, "Bitch, I'm a bird." And I was like, "Oh my god!" Like I never heard nobody say this about themselves. Yeah, I love that. That's where I come from. I don't come from. I don't know island life. Like I don't know what it's like to be on the island. I don't know what it's like to walk barefoot outside. You know what I'm saying? I mean, except for when I'm in the Johnny Pump, and I used to hate that shit as a kid. But like I know this. I know you know. I guess the ghetto shit your mom talks about. It took me a long time to embrace that shit. Like growing up, you know, there was a there was a it was a, uh, my family was separated. We had the bougie-ass side, which lived in Williamsburg. And then we had the not-so-bougie, the ghetto-ass people who lived in East New York. You know, for a long time, I was very shamed for the way I spoke, the way I dressed, you know what I'm saying? Um, the way I wore my hair, the types of coats I wore, you know what I'm saying? Like, it was always something. Like, I was never the... The, the ones that dressed up in heels and tacos and for Christmas, it's like, no, I'm about to come with blue eyeshadow and fucking sneakers, you know what I'm saying? Like, this is, this is me. But it took me a long time to embrace that and not have to turn it off in certain environments. So it's really dope that this is another outlet for that. I think the diaspora is so interesting because when we go over there, it's like, you know, different. Like, I have cousins over there that grew up and they want to be like us. I remember I had this one cousin. We went over there when Dirt Off Your Shoulders had just come out. And it was like a hot song. <laughs> I remember it was hot. It was hot as fuck. We were in my grandmother's house. It was hot as fuck. We were in my grandmother's house. And I remember my one cousin was trying to like relate to us. And she was like, oh, a mí me encanta esta canción. Que da dirty budara. Like, what? What the fuck is a dirty budara? Yo, to this day, we die laughing. Like, me and my cousins, like, when we tell that story, bro, like, we literally, like, but it's like, but in my past life, my thing is, though, like, I don't, I never, I, I never, like, I never thought of myself as that, like, 
that disconnected from the island because I think I was raised very close to it. And also, I think mm-hmm. in my past life, I think I was definitely raised and lived over there because I'm so, mm-hmm. I, I got yelled at all the time for eating with my hands. I'm, <laughs> I love being barefoot. <laughs> I love being barefoot. I love like everything natural. Like, I think that that was definitely my vibe back in the day. I was like some hibara, like taking care of a farm or something. This is my song. Yo, Que Leo, Hector Lavoe is that shit. So let's talk about talking about like the uh-huh. island slash the Bronx uh-huh. if we're gonna mix the two like uh-huh. that's literally I think what we all are is like we're a mixture of these two no, places yeah no, I mean it's Puerto Ricans I mean we there is that exchange because of the fact we can't go back and forth right because uh, you know for whatever however you want to take it we are American citizens right so there's always been that exchange cultural exchange between New York in particular and, and Puerto Rico right so in, like in the 60s in particular as Puerto Ricans started going back in the 70s what have you we brought you know, the New Yorkers brought that shit to Puerto Rico and Puerto Ricans brought that shit to New York. And Tell that's, me. I mean, that's salsa. Salsa is a mixture of, of, of Puerto Rico. I mean, salsa is Puerto Rican. Let's just, let's just get that out of the way. That's, that, that is a... For any Colombians that try to claim it, <laughs> let's just be clear. It's, it's that, salsa is Puerto Rican. It, and, and more specifically, <laughs> I would say it's a New Yorkian yeah, thing, right? Because <laughs> without... That that New Yorkian or that New York sort of energy and attitude and blending in sort of the soul and the funk and all those other elements that we were listening to because our neighbors were black and our neighbors were listening to that and we were listening to more traditional rhythms right. is that combination that gave us salsa right so like Latin, yeah. like all that because what came before that yeah Cubans definitely had a lot of those rhythms right the that are part of what makes salsa but if you remove the sound wait that don't energy, they have like, cumbia like well cumbia is more of a, like, a it's not Colombian, Colombians or Cubans? So, yeah, no. So, so, so Cubans aren't they the ones who claim that they have salsa first? Yeah, well, yeah. So, (laughs) so uh, yeah. Well, the thing with well, shout out to Colombians. I'll give you this: currently, they definitely embrace salsa and uh, keep it moving much more than we do, right? Because you know when reggaeton came in, salsa was gone. Right, and then by the '80s and '90s, you had like salsa romantica and all the other, right. other shit. But anyways, but I, I think that you know, going back to what I was saying earlier, like, and, and I, I say not to say that you know, no one else had no one else had a part in the creation of salsa, but it is a New Yorkian thing without a fucking doubt. Right. right? So, right. Um, going, to, which is kind of speaking to what you were saying about this exchange between the island and Puerto Rico, and you've seen that now with Dominicans, there is definitely right. an exchange between. You know the Dominicans here in New York and the Dominicans in the island, and right, I mean absolutely. it's stronger than what we have because it's still it's still a newer thing. The Dominican phenomenon in New York City is still it's still still growing. Our time in many ways has passed, unfortunately. Right. right? I mean, there's still right. some of us here doing things and trying to preserve it and push it forward, but. But I will say that there's a lot of Puerto Ricans because of what's going on in the economy over there yeah. that are moving oh, to coming. the states oh, yeah, yeah. and that are going to Orlando. And yeah. what hurts me is I was just in Orlando for a few days. Mm-hmm. And people look down on the people that just came from the island. Like even yeah. like fellow Caribbeans, even yeah. fellow Caribbeans, they'll be like, "Oh, aquí viene lo sucio." Mm-hmm. Like like that. Like el parece como come con lo mano. Or like mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Like mm-hmm. like people just talk shit, and you're just like, "Yo, right. like." But- and I can see it. Mm-hmm. Like they work TSA or they mm-hmm. work, you know, and they yeah. and they're like new, like they yeah. don't speak any English. Right. And I'm like, damn, bro, like be easy, you know. But that's being colonized, right? So you're you're taught more than anything else. Absolutely. You know, the reality of Puerto Ricans is that we're a colonized people. So our mentality, more than anything else, is what we need to fix first, right? Because if Puerto Rico is free tomorrow and Puerto Ricans are still colonized, we're still in the fucking colony. Because that's the reality of it, right? 
Right. So when, so that's a part of it. It's sort of looking down the next person as opposed to saying, all right, he is where I was at two months ago or two years ago or my grandmother was at and mm-hmm. helping this person out and trying to in, encouraging them to like, are right, you here now? Let's let's see what we can do together as a people. Right. Right. But we don't do that. We always just look down. Oh, he's new and he's a threat. You know what I'm saying? Because we're taught right. to be that way. Yeah. Right. Know? But I think that that's something that happens in all Caribbeans and yeah. even down from anyone who's like not from here. Right. And that's had the experience of like life outside of wherever they're originally right. from. Mm-hmm. Like if you think of anyone from the Midwest or mm-hmm. you think of someone, I don't know, from Europe mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. even Africa, you know, mm-hmm. how, how quick mm-hmm. are people, you know, mm-hmm. to call somebody like an African booty scratch? You right, know what I'm right, saying? Right, right. No, you, you don't know the, the ins and outs. Like Dominicans who mm-hmm. come from the islands, yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? They're hicks. Mm-hmm. I always feel like there is a, a separation um, in all, in all uh, you know, yeah. in all of people of color. Uh, like you said, it has, it comes down to like that class, classism and colorism and all these other things that we find ways to kind of push back against whoever's new because it's easier imagine us when we go into like a new school or a new neighborhood we're usually the one to not i'm not to say like to get picked on but they got to figure us out first and then when somebody else knew is we're doing what they did to us so it's the same shit that we just like that shit is never ending I was always the new girl, and I I always figured I always figured like cause I transferred schools a lot. I always figured like by the first by the second third time I was like just don't say nothing, right. do what you gotta do, get your money, focus on you. And when people see you moving and they're like, oh I like the way she does this or I like the way she does that, like let me go talk to her. Like for me, people are like, oh I like the way she dresses or you know I see that she leaves school with a ba- a bag and comes back with nothing. Let me see what she's doing, you know. Like, people are interested. So it's just like, you just have to mind your business. It sucks to be, like, you know, new. But, you know, it is what it is. What are you going to tell your daughter about love? Damn. Uh, <laughs> I mean, Since t- our parents, they tell us shit. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Right. No, I, I mean, yeah. Well, my mom, a little bit. But anyways, um, mm-hmm. just how, how powerful it is, right? Because love is definitely the most powerful emotion that we feel, right? Mm-hmm. Um, at least I think so. Um and just tell her not to be afraid of it and to, to fully embrace it mm-hmm. and to use it for what it is. Like, d- definitely, you know, I think a lot, especially, I mean, from my perspective, I find that a lot of women who go through bad relationships, they're afraid of love or, or they're afraid to fully embrace love because they knew that hurt. But the teacher that love sometimes, although it does hurt, to not be afraid of it. And, to, and mm-hmm. to, like I said, to fully embrace it and to give love at all times, even when it's not given to you, always give love because I think that that's really what it's all about. You know what I'm saying? So, again, my daughter is only one, about to be two, so I have a long time to think that out. But I definitely right. think that I wanted to to understand love and, and to and not just talk about about love. I think more importantly to show her love and show what love is, how it truly Absolutely. is manifested. Because we could talk all the shit we want, but if we're not demonstrating it, then it doesn't really mean anything. Yeah, yeah. that's interesting. I mean, I don't have no damn baby, so of course, you uh, know, it's gonna be hypothetical. Mm-hmm. But if I had to tell my daughter about love. Yeah, I think I'm more of a shower mm-hmm. than, like, I, I, I wouldn't know how to word it. But like you said, mm-hmm. I would really want to show her and kind of, like, fucking smother her in right. love all Absolutely. the time. Um, my daughter and my son. We never asked about a son, mm-hmm. which because, you know, for women, obviously, we experience love or we'd like to believe that we experience love very differently. I don't think that that's quite the case. Like, there is a ton of guys out there. Or really, the reason why we're so goddamn disconnected is because we don't take the time to really nurture our boys to love a woman in the same sense. Like, we can tell them, but we don't know how to show them and allow them and give right. them space right. 
to feel vulnerable, mm -hmm. to want to hug, right. you know, because they just want to hug. Right. Um, to ask questions if if and when they're ready. I just don't feel like the playing field is kind of even. These are things like we think about, damn, I don't want my daughter to go to heartbreak, but right. do we know how to really handle if our son goes through heartbreak? Like right. what about when when my son gets, you know, a girl cheated on him and right. he's 14, you know, how does he deal with that? How does he not take that into adulthood? So I think I'm definitely gonna make sure that they constantly feel love mm -hmm. and see love. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, it's subjective. I think I would try to at least let them know that it's you're gonna like it. You're gonna like how you feel. Right. But this might be this yeah, could be what yeah. happened. But I mean, then again, I don't. I don't know. I don't have things change. You know, once I push it out, yeah. I might want to kind of you know what I'm saying works, keep it at a chokehold where it's like no, don't even think about anything. Yeah. So but that's I don't not know. realistic. I, I think a lot of times I joke. A lot of my friends ask me, oh, you know, you got a daughter, you know, whatever. Like, you know, what do you what do you do with little boys come around? I was like, oh, I got a machete and I got a gun. Yeah, like, everybody, every dad. Right. But yeah. the reality is, I don't want that for my daughter. I wanted to fully experience life because I realized that I'm not here to I'm here to protect her and to guide her and show her the way. But at the end of the day, she is a person. She's a human, and I think that what I want to show her that is that that you I want to just be a resource to her rather than something that sort of holds it back and kind of like, you know, don't do this, don't do that. Like, you know, go experience life because that's why all the sacrifices that I'm making that your mother's making for you is for you to fully experience life. And love, heartbreak, right. pain, all that shit's part of life. So I want you it to is. feel all It is. It builds character like nobody's business. Right. But what's crazy is that when people say things like, what about when little boys come around? I got a machete and a gun. But it's like, if we're approaching our little boys or making those types of jokes, right away we're building Absolutely. that wall right, right. instead of kind of taking them under a wing and being like, you know what? It can be cute. It can be beautiful. I mean, I don't know what five-year-old is going to want to try to take advantage of another five-year-old. Right. Not in that sense. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. It's not that deep. It's that deep for us because right. where we're seeing it as an adult. But yeah. like, how are we, how are we including... That little love affair. I remember when I had crushes on, you know, five, oh, six yeah. years old. Yeah. I can write poems about how beautiful that was. You know what I'm saying? But I don't know. I feel like, again, like that playing field is very different. Like, I'm going to protect her against this right. little monster. Right. 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 And I feel like that's kind of, we need to start changing that a little yeah, bit. You're setting you know? her up to think that all men are going to be that way. You know what I'm saying? So you're saying, saying like, Daddy oh, we're going to Right, 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 and daddy won't always be there. You know what I'm saying? Daddy's not always gonna be there. Daddy's, you know, you know. So I think you have to set her up. And again, I think it goes back to showing them love, showing them what love looks like. So if you see something different to that, then it's not love. That's something else, right? So at home, you're feeling love. Be it the way I express my love to my wife, or I express my love to her, or to my family, or to my friends. If she sees that, she knows what love is. She knows what love is, as opposed to just saying, "Oh, love is this way, or love is that that way." She'll know because she know she'll feel love, and she'll know when something feels different to her. That's not love; it's something else, you know. So we need to have Christian around more often when we do these things because Christians, <laughs> Christians, like I, every time you talk about love, I always takes me back to like the. I'm about to play this in a second, but like the skits between the Miseducation album. Oh, you talking yeah, about yeah, yeah. so like I don't know. Like it's very knowledgeable mm. when you speak about it. It's not like. You know what I mean? Right. Like, oh, I'm gonna fucking nah. kill the guy that comes for my daughter. Like, everything that you're saying right now is just reminding me of like those skits. And that's funny you say like, that's one. Of the, that's I'm, I have like three albums I want to give my daughter, and that's definitely one of them. Absolutely, that's that a month. Yes, yeah. Um, I think that this question oh, is so interesting. Yeah. What happened? It's Mary J. My life. I'm like hell yeah, hell yeah. And Illmatic. A hundred percent. Yeah, I'm about to right now. Um, I think that this question that we ask is so important and so interesting because um, as women, 
we I think aren't the best to our daughters sometimes because maybe we may feel like you know we know everything and we already know what they're gonna try or whatever um I have been spending a lot of time with my cousin and she is so smart this little girl will come home every day with hundreds and I was the opposite of her growing up I was always like in boys and always like I wanted to be pretty and I think a lot of it starts at a young age because there was a saying for me when I was a little girl from the minute I would walk through the door it was Nicole tu ta linda Nicole that was the one thing it's guaranteed I'm 20 years old and I still walk into my grandmother's house and I hear either my uncle or my grandmother say Nicole, tu ta linda. So everything about my girl upbringing was about being pretty. So I think I placed more value in that than it was necessary. So I think that because I did that in school, I wasn't as focused as, although I was very smart, I wasn't as focused on like, I think if I was more focused, I would be like, I would have been like a straight A student, like Sophia, like my little baby, Sophia, she's amazing. But because I wasn't like that, I was A, B, a sometimes, A minus. And I was never like bad, bad, but I think if I was more like her, I would have been straight A's. So I think the seeing her has really shown me the way that I want my daughter to be. Again, I'm not going to stress her out and try to make her this way if she's not. But like, I think that it starts with the parents and there are conditioning. And I think that it's really important. I'm, again, I'm talking shit because I don't know if, what it's going to be like once I push the baby out. But like, for me personally, I would love for my daughter to be a lot more like Sophia and less like her mother because and my cousin was saying like why can't she be both why can't she be you know street smart and book smart and it's like yeah i grew up mad street smart and yeah i could tell you certain things but like you know just the way that this girl is man it just inspired me so much to even just get on my own shit and like reorganize my own life so if i was gonna tell my daughter about love it would be what my grandmother always told me which is you know stay in your bible you know the what I, I wouldn't say my bible because i think i'm a little bit more I, I was telling amy about like religion and you know this will go into another conversation about the caribbean but um i'm not 100 percent into religion i'm more spiritual um so i would suggest you know meditation suggest you know just being centered and being one with yourself and i would suggest um you know staying in school and focusing on school and focusing on whatever it is that your task is, is if, if you at work if you're in school Focus on that. Do not focus on a man because sometimes you'll make your your plans around that person. And I don't want my daughter to be like that. I want my daughter to be the opposite of me. I want her to be like, oh, no, I don't have time for him. I have volleyball practice. And then I'm going to go do this with the math class and go do this. And that's my advice for my daughter is be in your shit. Have your own thing. Always be good in school. school. And um, for my son, my little brother, Amy was just talking about... um, breakups my little brother i i had a part in raising him and that was the closest thing that i've ever had to a son and he's still my baby he's he's six four six five he's a grown man and he's my baby i'll still put him in my lap and hold him like an infant that's my baby um and he went through a breakup where a girl cheated on him and he found and like she was it was different he was with a little blanquita that just came out i was like i have to tell you something it's just so much like i just can't keep it anymore and so she told him and i'm like when he comes to the house and he's all like sad i'm like okay so like i'm going into like big sister mom mode like more big sister at this point and i'm like okay so we're getting our ski mask we go beat this bitch like let's go like together and he's like no nick it's just it's over 
And I remember sitting with him on the floor and he was like, you know, just so devastated. And my little brother is handsome. I'm not just saying that because he's my little brother. I'm talking about like, I have homegirls that are my age that are like, what's up with your brother? I'm like, bitch, I'll fuck you up. Like, <laughs> like he is a good looking kid. Right. And um, I just told him, I was like, papi. And the same thing I would tell my daughter. And I told him this back then before my I even, Sophia was old enough to run around. I told him, I was like, yo. What do you want to do next? Mm-hmm. What do you want to do? Don't think about her anymore. What right. do you want to do? Do you want to, like, that was, I remember he he desperately wanted to, and shout out to Ben at Rubber Tracks. Um, I had a, I had a relationship with Ben at Rubber Tracks, and I was like, what do you want to do, Poppy? He's like, I just want to get out of here. I just, I'm always in the house. I'm always in this damn borough. Mm-hmm. I need to get out this borough, mm-hmm. and I need to do something. I'm like, you want to go work at Rubber Tracks? Mm-hmm. He was like, yo, I would love that. I want to mm-hmm. learn to be an engineer. Or, uh, and I'm like, all right, cool. So I'll, I'll set up a meeting with you and Ben. Mm-hmm. The meeting with him and Ben went great. And ever since then, like, my little brother, when I tell you, like, I don't know if it was that conversation, but he went, he worked at Rubber Tracks. He was trying to figure out his life for a second. Mm-hmm. He was lost. And then now he works, he does, uh, he does, he sets up stadiums, like right, okay. MetLife and all that yeah, for like big concerts. Yeah, yeah. So and he gets paid good. Yeah, and like, he picked me up. I remember one time he picked me up from Newark Airport. Uh-huh. He was like, oh, Nick, like, um, I just got a raise. And I'm like, really? And this boy, when I tell you the other day, it was like mm. two days ago, he went to sleep at four o'clock in the morning, mm. woke up at seven to get up and go wow. to it. I'm like, yo, yeah. and nobody has to wake that little boy up. Right, right. Nobody has to fucking put money in his pocket mm-hmm. to go. And he's always set on his own, man. He don't That's need amazing. no, and he's a gr- like, he's 21. Mm-hmm. He has not asked for nothing from anybody since he was like 16. Wow. So that boy, I'm just you know that's my that's the closest thing i have to a son so you know the only thing i could tell anybody my son my daughter is do you focus on you Mm -hmm. and don't worry about nobody else don't structure your life around nobody else that's that's where i'm at um shit not chill we already been talking about sex so damn much yeah, that's true. Fuck that. We ain't talking. I ain't telling my daughter shit. <laughs> you have to nah, figure you that shit out. I, th- I think. I mean, if I can answer that question. I mean, yeah, I think I, again. Like, I don't want to make it a taboo thing. I think sex is an expression of humanity, right? No matter how you view it. Don't listen to me. I'm talking shit for the sake of talking. Oh, okay, shit. okay. No, because I think it happens a lot of times. It's like, all sarcasm. Like, right? like we we definitely make it some some super like taboo thing, and it's like don't we do don't. that. And but that's that's a natural expression of just same way you get hungry, same way you feel. That's a natural thing, right? Absolutely. So of course, teacher to respect herself understand her body is is a temple and and what have you and it's not something you you do with everybody you do with somebody that you have a connection to however that connection may be right um but you know again i think the biggest thing is that we always make it a taboo subject oh sex like don't do that or it's gonna kill you or or what have you make it real make it look yes this is a thing that we do as people as adults or not whatever just as human beings that's a natural thing so to teach it in that way, I think it makes it less taboo and less the thing that's like, ooh, you know, what is that? Um, mm-hmm. And then, but of course, you know, then you, you follow up with those more real conversations that when it, when you feel she's at that point, right? You have, and it may not be me. It may not be, I might, I might not be the person who says it because it may become stronger from her mother or what have you. And it's right. more natural or whatever. I mean, the worst thing is if it comes from her friends. Yeah, you definitely, definitely, yeah. I mean, especially for boys. Like, I think with boys is the worst shit. You know, we, we, we don't know anything, especially when we're younger. And it's like, you're hearing your boys talk shit. And when you look back, like, it made no sense. But yeah, I think, uh, you know, just sort of don't make it taboo, make it real, and make it know that it's a beautiful thing. Sex is a beautiful thing, same way love is and everything else. But it's not something you engage with everybody. Same way you don't give your love to everybody. 
right. that openly you don't do the same thing with sex? Um, I think even before we get to the point of like sex with someone else, what I'd like for us to embrace more is that we become sexually curious even before it involves another person and our connection to understanding our own body and what it takes for us to enjoy sex not it just being a beautiful thing between two folks but even a beautiful thing with knowing how you know what gets me how am i stimulated properly like you know how do i not feel dirty after i enjoy it on my own that it doesn't involve somebody else i think it is the virgo part of me but i think that that's also something like with all women we don't really like i feel like something like masturbation that's not something that we talk about openly like that that is taboo in itself it's just now that we're just like yeah sex sex is great and share it with another person okay well then what what do you do on your own time what does it take for you like what do you like you know what i'm saying i would i would more want to stress or get to my daughter at that stage even before she shares her body with another man or another woman it's like all right, you're gonna you're gonna be curious, and as a boy, you're gonna want to do this, and and it's okay. This is normal. This is part of, you know, you you owning it. She's going to hate you if you try to talk to her about masturbation. She's gonna be like, no, mom, I don't even do that. I don't know what you're talking about. Nah, I know. I feel you. I feel you. I mean, but it, you, when does it start? Right? It doesn't start with the guy. It starts way before that. What do I look like? You know, is that pretty? Uh, you know, do, do my boobs look right? Like, these are all things that you have to deal with way before even involving another human being. So how can I fully be comfortable with him if I don't even like what's going on within myself or don't know how it works, you know? So sorry, mama, whoever you are in the, in the fucking future, where, you know, self-pleasure is going to be just as important as, you know, you having sex with somebody else. Um, I... I'm gonna tell my daughter the same thing my mother told me. Don't be the mess. <laughs> Don't be the mess that gets thrown out. Okay. No. Um. I. It's funny. Like. I, got fucking tape on hers my grandma's holding on bitch so i don't know nah um no she's talking about the nasty ass table so you just put your bag on and then somebody throws the table away because it didn't matter everybody put their bag on it whatever i don't my mother's analogy of liberty was terrible if you think about it it's definitely like some it was definitely like some south side ass analogy oh my god anyways um so i would tell again like i have aunts that work in no it's good I have aunts that work in um, salons and like my aunt that works in a salon, she was always very adamant about like, you better keep your man's like the, before I even had sex. I'm telling you, I was 70 years old in that salon and she was like, hmm, porque tú sabes que el hombre anda, so you got to keep him satisfied. And I'm like, eh. but she was, but you know what though? I'm not going to lie. Shout out to my tia. Shout out to my tia because she kind of made me into a freak though. Because I was like, look, I'd rather be a freak than have him go out looking for it. I'm cool with being a freak. I'm cool with it. I'm not telling my daughter shit about that. None of that. You better keep a man. I feel you. I feel you. But that's something that we need to stop, especially as Caribbean older women. Like, this whole fucking keeping men satisfied, they're going to always be good. You cannot keep up with them. If that's something that we end up stressing ourselves that if they step outside the relationship is the sex not good am i not doing this right fuck that like yo it's that's not your place for you to satisfy him that's up to him you got to learn about how how to get yours i agree with you but like there's a part of me see but my thing is 
like if the sex is whack even on a man's part and everything is repetitive and we're doing the same shit over and over again and I already know how the story goes, then after a while I'm going to be like, bro, like, come on. I, I'm talking about me as a female. I'm not even talking about like as men. Like I'm saying, like if if the man's number one thing is missionary, boom, 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 and then you out, you kind of like, okay, that was it. That's what I'm trying to say. Like you can't. That's what I'm trying to say. You cannot. That is not your place to try to figure that side out. Like, oh, you better keep your man good, or else he's gonna step outside. It's, it's like, not, yeah, I agree. That's I mean, not. It's not for your responsibility. That's not but, for you because if his missionary is fine, this goes back to us. What do I need to enjoy this? You know what I'm saying? Like. But it comes to communication, right? So it I, th- does I, come I, to I think that if 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 that's the case, like if you're just doing one way or what have you, and you're not feeling it anymore, you get tired. Everybody gets tired of doing the same shit over and over, no matter what it is, right? Right. But you do I communicate. know what I need right now? Not only is this shit mm-hmm. whack, right, but right. do I know what I need? Do I know how you need to move? How I need right. to be able to direct you? This goes back to that communication part of True. it. True. Before I know how to do that, I gotta learn how to embrace my shit. Like. True. Oh, I hate that shit. That shit gets <laughs> under my fucking skin when they be like, really? "Yo." See, but I don't mind. I don't mind that, and I don't mind keeping yourself pretty for somebody. Like I, I would. I want to keep myself pretty for the rest of my life. Yes, there's gonna be days where I look like shit, and maybe I'm not gonna feel the best. But I want to be beautiful, even if it's like I have to try or whatever. Like, you know, I know it sucks as women or whatever. But like, I'm. Okay. I, I guess in a sense, like, there's women that don't care that are like, this nigga's gonna love me regardless. But for me, I don't know. Again, I'm not married, but, like, I prefer that, you know, when he wakes up in the morning, he's hype. Like, my girl is beautiful and she doesn't need makeup. You know what I mean? She's taking care of herself from the inside out and she's looking good. You know what I mean? She's going to the gym. She's doing that stuff because if you, my my brother is the one that started this shit. But my brother, like, he used to say this about these people in church. So, like, this woman, she was fine as fuck before they got married and then she just let herself go and she got like big like she she needed like two chairs big and he was like yo he tricked her he hit her with that trick pussy and i'm like oh my god but like that was one of those things that i grew up with again like you know don't trick niggas like if you're gonna be bad be bad the whole way through don't like halfway that's just but i'm okay with that the thing is it's like i'm okay with that i'm not saying that that's something it gets i understand your point of view though it gets stressful to try to maintain all the time that you're like i can't i can't leave the house without him you know looking at me like this and if he didn't say nothing about me that day you too much in your head or whatever i understand yes there's gonna be days where like nigga no i may have not taken a shower today you have a fucking baby crying that's on my hip what do you want from me you know there's gonna be days like that but then there's gonna be days where it's like you know you didn't really do nothing today go take a shower and fucking do your hair i i look that's just how i see it no 100 i mean please chris feel free to chime in feel free to chime in but before you chime in (laughs) before you chime in see now what i start doing is that i start thinking about all right shorty from church she was fine as fuck (laughs) then she got big and she got Number one, how do y'all know she didn't feel better as being big? Number two, number two, hold on, hold on. That also can sound like depression. What was going on behind closed doors that within the relationship she couldn't articulate and she was miserable and instead let herself go? So, like, I get it. I get it. I love looking pretty because I enjoy that for myself, going back to what you said. But if I look ugly sometimes, that's all right. Because people still going to try to holler anyway. You cannot keep up with that. You know? You remember, like, those jokes, like, when a girl goes out to throw out trash, mm-hmm. looking like shit, all of a sudden all the guys want to holler at it. It's like, I, it's, that's true. That's true. I actually, 
bro. I love that though. That's like I, I remember one time I was trying to put my ex on to like Drake when he first, first, first came out. And the reason why I love that best I ever had song or whatever is because he says sweatpants, hair tie, chilling with no makeup on. I was like, oh my god, that's me every day. But like you know, this is like what I think is cute. And like I'm still in champion sweats and fucking. I'm 20 years old. I'm grown. <laughs> For sure. No, Chris, please take the floor. No. Take the floor. We have a married male. I think this is the first one that we've had that was 100% married, not like half yeah. married. Not 100%. Who the fuck has been, girl, you did that bitch. <laughs> you better not edit that. Better leave this in. Um, no, I, I, well, I agree. I think you should maintain yourself throughout a relationship or throughout whatever. And do it for yourself, do it for your partner. But like you said, there's times where that's going to change. And I think it goes back to what I said earlier. You know, the looks, all those things go away, right? Absolutely. And what's important is that 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 you love somebody deeper than just with the way they look, right? Because you can't love somebody right. for the way they look. So right. it's it's great that you can maintain yourself throughout a relationship. And, you know, there's always going to be ups and downs. You know, you're going to gain weight. You're going to lose weight. You're going to go right. through things and what have you. That's just the natural progression of human beings, right? right. Unless you're, like, fully, uh-huh. I'm not suggesting that a man could be a perro and as soon as like you, so a girl gains 10, right. 15 pounds or like post, post, post-traumatic, um, not post, uh, post, postpartum is real and you know, you fucking get depressed and like you're not mm-hmm. feeling yourself. Mm-hmm. So there needs to be somebody that's going to wake you up and be like, hey, you're still right. beautiful Absolutely, because yeah. nigga, I fucking went half with you, bro. Half with you. <laughs> I was hearing that song today. Half on a day. Damn, why we don't play no R&B? <laughs> I love that song. That's a bomb ass album though. That shit has so many songs. I'm sorry, Chris. Keep no, going. no, no, no. That's R. Kelly, right? Yeah, yeah. Can't so I don't know. I'm just now. so against like anything that puts all this extra pressure on us. Because what about the marriages? You know, where the husband, the wife still looks bum bum bum, mm-hmm. and the husband got the gut, which right. might be cute. You know, right. I like a little pudge. Right. <laughs> you know, it's alright if it's a beer belly. Yeah. I don't mind. I'm just saying, right. like, all right. It, yeah, you do. Like you said, you do. Nah. Sometimes it goes away. Mm-hmm. Like, somebody might have super thin hair from when right. we first met them. Like, right. there's certain <laughs> things that happen throughout the relationships. Right. But, you know, if we can get it all behind closed doors, then it doesn't matter what we look like. You know, it's like that connection is so much more important. But right. I'm totally against anything that puts extra fucking pressure and, like, these standards that we, don't, mm-hmm. that we already put on ourselves. Like, fuck that. Yeah, no, I think it goes back to you know the connection you have with the person is it just a physical thing or is there anything more my thing is if i'm going hard in the gym and i'm trying to figure out my life you can't be out here like a fucking sucio and that's what i was telling you before like if i'm over here trying to get creative and figure things out so that we're not bored for the next 50 years trying to have sex i would hope that he was like you know i'm gonna try this and whatever don't try no fucking crazy such shit that i'd be like where you learn that from and now i'm not a fan of you because i don't know where you learn that from we talked about this in the other episode <laughs> <laughs> we was like, what was it? We were like, we like, what'd you get the motherfucking eel sauce, nigga? Like, it was like the rocks episode. What the fuck? Was that? <laughs> what the fuck you talk about the motherfucking eel sauce? Yeah, no, I have so many girls that write me about that eel sauce. That was hilarious. But yeah, so we're pretty much at three. We're almost. We don't even know. Are y'all listening at this point, you guys? You guys, there was still so much to talk about. But you know what? We got. We got season two to talk about that. Yes, there will be more. And we got some more dope guests. But I guess to wrap it up, like, what's next? What's next for, for us? Like, anything that we look forward to, whether it's, like, personal, personal accomplishments, creative, professional accomplishments. What's next for the Cafe Fuerte, the CF fam? 
Well, for us as Cafe Fuerte, I am hoping that next season we are sponsored by Amteras. So, Title needs to come for us because I be playing music on Title. That's one. Two, um, Cafe Butelo. You know, holla at us. We here. We fuck with y'all. We like your coffee. We're here for it. Um, so, I'm hoping that we get sponsored. Y'all got to fix that fucking pop-up cafe shit, but... Mm. That other shit they had was so lit. Whatever they've been doing recently, chill out. We ended up with trying to get money. All right. So, <laughs> um, so we love you guys. Like we said, um, as far as me personally, um, I am, you know, growing as a as a human being and learning that it's okay to not be okay um, and to talk about it and to be like, I'm not a right. I need to figure this shit out. And you know, that's the only way that you do. Cause if you're trying to figure shit out on the low by yourself in a corner, then you're not really going to figure that shit out. So, um, I have fully embraced myself as a designer and I'm okay with like saying it. I used to feel unworthy of saying things like that, but now I'm like, no, I'm a designer and that's what I'm studying. And that's what I've been studying since I was 18 years old. And I'm 28, 10 years later, I'm finally comfortable with saying I'm a designer. Um, and I'm, looking to actually now work at a company i never wanted to do that but i'm actually going from working for myself to working for a company so that's 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 the place that i'm at where i'm like benefits i'm like what for now for now you know you go you get your education for any entrepreneurs get your education and whatever it is from who you're working with. Like, don't go work at fucking pizzeria and then at night go to school because your education is being fucking... First of all, you're paying for it. Secondly, like, education passes so quick these days because technology exists. So, like, you may think that something is the way that it is and then tomorrow it's not that because fucking Instagram came out. It's not the same. Everything is different. So, like, get paid to work and learn that is the key. That is what I'm learning. If I can share a gem with anybody, fucking get paid to learn and go work for somebody. Don't feel embarrassed by it. If you love a company and you really want to fuck with them, figure out a way to work with them. Amy, where you at? What you doing? Shit. Uh, shit. Virgo number one on the line right now. Um, <laughs> I say that because y'all, the, the main, when you think of Virgo, the first thing that comes to mind is Royals. work on. What? Oh, no. What? No, different, different W's. <laughs> Can we talk about the fact that this is the most musically diverse ever episode? Christian really gave, he brought us around the globe. We played salsa. We played, even he was just because of Christian, but I think it was just like the vibe was there. It was like, we played R&B. We played jazz. We did a bunch of stuff. We started off the episode with an amazing ass mix from Christian. So the next one for me is I'm hoping I can stay this chilled. I think the only thing I care about right now is not being super fixated on my idea of success. Like, I don't want to use the term like going with the flow. I think that's just as irresponsible as saying follow your passion. But I think knowing that like, if my intention is to leave some kind of legacy behind, is to being open to the different steps that's gonna take me to get there. Because uh, I think this idea of legacy is something that lasts longer than anything that we could ever do. Anything that's on our resume, the impression we leave on someone, you know, we live on through the shit that we do and that could take a lot of different uh, forms. 
Um, so I think I just want to stay, I don't even want to say I want to stay centered. I want to stay strong enough to handle whatever it is that's going to come my way because it will. There's going to be some really good days. Right now I feel amazing. Next week I might not. Um, so I think the number one important thing is just to um, not be fixated on what I think success is going to mean for me five years from now, ten years from now. But to still have that vision in mind so that at least I have structure, you know? So, yeah, I think not to take shit so hard from jump. And it's so hard for me to say that as a Virgo. Like, somebody who's, like, I live my life off of being hella sensitive. But, like, how to turn that into, like, you know, partly my superpower. So, that, just embracing how I function. Chris, Virgo part two. Virgo number two. No, I think... um, I definitely want to spend some more time um, focusing on something I've sort of been designing for some time, which is Sociedad, uh, and making it fully a platform that I, that I envision for it. So that means, you know, putting out more music. Um, it means working on more events. Um, and I, another thing I've been sort of wanting to do for so many years, I, I was always fascinated with newspapers and magazines and something I always had in mind. And in Probably within the next week or two, I should be releasing a, a full uh, newspaper that I, I already got. Um, hey. Yeah, so. Wepa. So, Periodico. Uh-huh. I was just hearing paleta. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, and um, and I, I, an event that I've been working on for some time, for about 10 years now, it looks like it's going to finally, yeah. 10 all years. All, I haven't That's been working patience. directly on that That's event. That's some Virgo shit. That's like, you got patience to be well, like, it's not, I'm going to work yeah, on nah, this for 10 years, 10 and years. it's going to be perfect that's like that's a, that's like how a virgo looks at things uh, i'm gonna work on this for 10 years not not on purpose though it's just the way shit worked out so um it looks oh, like shit. it's gonna happen so I'm, I'm really happy about that it's it's i can say it now it's about to it, you i don't know whoever knows who izzy sanabri is but he's he designed all the covers for fania you designed the logo he had a newspaper called latin ny so i'm about to do um one, I'm putting out a newspaper, but two, I'm also doing an event, which is going to be a retrospective of all his work, particularly the Latin and wide stuff. So we're going to do it here and in Miami. So That's too go. much. I can't handle it. We in that yeah. bitch. <laughs> First of all, Chris has the most amazing picture of me and Amy getting very hyped to one of his DJ sets. Yo. So we in that bitch, Amy. That was I'm good. walking in that bitch with a bag of canapas. <laughs> you should. You should. <laughs> Um, so, yeah. That's tight though. That's yeah. tight. I'm excited. And we're gonna do that New Yorkian thing at some point. Of course we're gonna do that New Yorkian mm-hmm. thing. You're not gonna let me live that shit down. I'm never. No. Amy's not Puerto Rican. <laughs> Amy is more Puerto Rican than some Puerto Ricans. So. Yeah, she's. I want myself a couple of Puerto Ricans working on something called New Yorkian, but y'all all just chill the fuck out because we always do. True. Your men are delicious, so chill out. I wish I dated more Puerto Ricans. I date too many Dominicans. I think I'm going to cut off Dominicans past like, my last relationship. <laughs> I was just in a relationship with a Dominican last month. I'm cool. Now I'm strictly on my bodies, except for them. They might be my cousins. That shit is stressful. <laughs> and with that, we shall end. Until next season, y'all. Don't. No, man.